Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. On today's mini-sode, we are going to be reading Isaiah, Deutero-Isaiah, and reading it against the grain. And what I mean by that is a lot of people turn to this passage, a lot of texts within Isaiah 40 through roughly 48, this is the first half of Deutero-Isaiah, which goes to 55, they turn to these verses and cite them as some sort of proof text for God, knowing all things that are ever going to happen in the future, or if you're a Calvinist, controlling all things to the most minute detail, that God uh, makes sure all events happens exactly the way he wants. But underscoring this entire text is a very contrary stream of thought. In fact, in fact, God's impotence is a highlight of this text, which is primarily focused on God's omnipotence. God can do things, but the one thing that the Almighty God can do, he could crush the people, he could crush other gods, he's more powerful than the idols, no one's going to thwart him, he was always existing, always will exist, but the one thing the Almighty God cannot do is change a wayward people's hearts back to him. And we see his frustration throughout the text. In contrast, this is juxtaposed against power acts. This is what I did in the past. These are the mighty acts that I have done. No one can stop me. There's no one out there who could thwart my will. These are the things I'm going to do. Please, Israel, please look at these things and please turn to me. There's internal struggles within the mind of God because God has to deal with this fact that on one hand, he's all-powerful, almighty, and on the other hand, he cannot get a wayward people to turn back to him. He's tried and he has failed. Isaiah 40 sets the stage by setting up God as the person who can do things, who is powerful to accomplish. Everyone is afraid of him. He counts everyone else as nothing. Everyone else is like dust. Everyone else is like grasshoppers. But, but these people, in spite of being grasshoppers, being like nothing to God, they still reject God. Here's what they say. My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. In ancient Israel, they were expecting retributive justice. They were expecting God to micromanage the universe and make sure that the righteous get rewarded and the wicked get punished. And Israel's going around saying God doesn't see anything and he doesn't actually act and There's no benefit to worshiping Yahweh, is their mindset. They are thwarting God. This is their mindset. These people who God had just described as nothing are rejecting God. So what does God do? He calls them into a trial courtroom scene and sets them up as judge. Notice the condescension going on here. God is coming down to a level of being put on trial and putting these people who he just called nothing, putting them as judges over this trial. He's calling the false gods as uh, defendants. Those false gods can't do anything. Yahweh can do stuff, and he's going to demonstrate that. He's going to demonstrate his past acts. He's going to tell future acts, and hopefully Israel Israel, please listen to me and please take this to heart and please change is the message. God's impotence at reaching people 
is juxtaposed against God's omnipotence, his ability to accomplish. God can do all things except change the very people who he's trying to reach. Isaiah 41 is about the idols. The idols can't perform. God can perform. God God not only can perform, he tells them, he tells Israel what he's going to do before he does it, such that when it happens, they know it is him. In Isaiah 42, God admits that he has been silent for some time. The Net Bible highlights this by translating it like this. I have been inactive for a long time. I have kept quiet and held back. Like a woman in labor, I groan, I pant and gasp. The image being built here is when a woman is pregnant, you know, she's her belly's getting bigger. It, it's it's kind of a it's it's very peaceful. It's a very peaceful scene, but all of a sudden she starts to have birth and there's pain and screaming and there's action. God has not been acting, but will shortly act is what he's telling these people. He has held his peace. He has been patiently biding his time. Uh, he's been inactive, but he's stirring up. He says he's stirring up. There's some sort of emotional change in God. He's uh, revving himself up eternally for some brutal action, action that is really going to get the attention of, of all the nations around and especially, hopefully, hopefully Israel. Listen to this. Bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. And so these these blind people, they could see. These deaf people, they they can hear, but they're, they're just not doing it. God is saying, you guys need to wake up. You guys are seeing these things. You're hearing these things, but you're not taking them to heart. You guys need to internalize this. Flipping to Isaiah 42, 18. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, which is Israel, or deaf as my messenger whom I send, who is blind as my dedicated one, or blind as the servant of the Lord? He's saying, you guys are the blindest of them all. You guys need to pay attention. You guys need to shape up. He sees many things, but he does not observe them. His ears are open, but he does not hear. The Lord was pleased for his righteousness sake to magnify his law and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted. They are all of them trapped in holes and hidden in prisons. They have become plunder with none to rescue, spoil with none to say restore. Who among you will give ear to this, will attend and listen for the time to come. He's saying, Israel, shape up, listen to what I'm saying, turn back to me. He's calling them to act. Not all of them do. Some of them thwart God's will. Notice again the internal struggle within God. God, he's powerful, he can accomplish, yet he cannot get wayward Israel to worship him. So he poured on him the heat of his anger and the might of battle and set him on fire all around. But he did not understand. It burned him up, but he did not take it to heart. Israel has experienced God's wrath, but they it, it was in vain. It didn't work. God's wrath, God's power, being demonstrated did not affect the intended results. God's efforts to reach Israel through power have failed. Power just doesn't work like that. You can't just use your power to make people love you. Power does not operate that way. God's intentions failed. God laments, Isaiah 43, 22, Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or Honored me with your sacrifices. 
I have not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You have not bought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burned me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. God, the Almighty One, the One whose power is being proclaimed throughout this passage, is being wearied by a wayward people, a stubborn people that will not listen. In spite of God's best efforts to reprove them, they will not turn to Him. This is highlighted by 4325. I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. Although you're very sinful, you, you should be destroyed for that. I, I still want you as a people. I desire you as a people. And so for my own sake, not because of anything you've done, this is the reason that I am forgiving your sins. I'm blotting them out. I'm not going to count them against you because of me. Because of, I don't want to go through the pain and suffering that this is causing. Put me in remembrance. How many of them listen to that? He's telling them how to act. He says, return to me. Again in 44.22, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. He's saying, look at all these power acts. Also, I love you. Return to me. And uh, your sins, I've forgiven all of them. Return to me. Return to me, please. God, the all-powerful God, who can do anything, who's not going to be thwarted, who's eternal, is being thwarted by man. Man can reject the all-powerful God. This is a thing in the text. This is a thing God struggles with. His emotions are evident throughout this text. This is the grain of the text, God's internal emotions. God, who is a person having an internal emotional struggle. Reconciling these two things, his ability to accomplish against his inability to reach human beings. More calls for returning. Isaiah 45, 22, turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. God is doing this for salvation of all people. How well does that work? So listen to this internal monologue in the mind of God. I was angry with my people. This is 47.6. I profaned my heritage. I gave them into your hand. You showed them no mercy. On the aged, you shall make your yoke exceedingly heavy. This is to Babylon, the captor. So Babylon was given a commission and they violated their bounds. They overstepped the extent of the punishment they were to inflict on Israel. The only reason, the only reason they were given this uh, dispensation, we'll call it, this uh, ability to inflict punishment on Israel, was because God was angry with His people for rejecting Him, rejecting Him, and He says He profaned His heritage. His heritage is Israel, and He punished them, and He brought them into exile. This was all an attempt to reach Israel to show them the right way which did not materialize. So here he is in Isaiah 40, pleading with them, pleading for them to turn again to him. We're going to end this mini-sode talking about Isaiah 48. He says, draw near to me, hear this from the beginning. I have not spoken in secret. God doesn't do secret decrees. There's not an eternal secret decree about all things. God declares to people so that they understand his thoughts, his motivations, his desires, what he's doing, so that they can mentally track along with God's plan and understand that things are just not happening coincidentally or in vain or, or God's uh, mysterious to understand or anything like that. God tells people 
why he does what he does, and then he does those things. There, there should be no guesswork. God doesn't declare in secret. And he, he means for these declarations to draw people to him. He says, draw near to me. Hear this. And we'll end this with the lament that comes just a little bit later. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. God's been thwarted. God gave them laws, commandments, decrees. They didn't pay attention. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And your offspring would have been like the sand, your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from me. Throughout this text, throughout this text, you see the mental anguish of God. The all-powerful, eternal creator of the universe who cannot be thwarted is consistently undermined, thwarted by mankind, who just will not turn to him, will not love him, will not worship him. And he is impotent to stop this. If you have any questions or comments, put them down in uh, the comments section on YouTube or start a thread on God is Open Facebook group. Thank you for listening.